Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of Rise and Shine, where I am going to be musing. So I'm calling this millennial musings, where I'm going to be talking about my observations of the different generations, how they show up at work, and what the next generation, my generation, the millennials, is really looking for in a workforce. And my hope here is that we can all kind of lean in let go of our preconceived notions where I promise I won't say, okay, boomer, if you promise not to say that millennials are entitled. And we come together with maybe a different perspective on the different generations, why they value what they value, and some changes that need to happen as the shift in the workforce is going from majority of baby boomers to a majority of millennials. So for those of you that may not be super familiar with the different generation gaps, uh, traditionalists are those born before 1940. So those are my grandparents, baby boomers, mid-1940s to mid-1960s, which are my parents, Generation X, which is 1965 to 1979, which technically I guess my older brother and sister fit into. And then there's the millennial generation, which is my generation of 1980 to 1994. And then there's Gen Z born in in 1995 to 2012. So when it comes to employment stats, as of January 2022, so this data is a little old, but since January of 2022, 39% of the workforce was baby boomers, and 46% was Generation X, which is the majority, and then 13% is millennials. What we're going to see is uh, future forecasting is predicting that by 2025, baby boomers are going to be retiring out at an enormous rate, millennials are going to be entering in, and that they are likely to account for 75% of the workforce, which is insane. So every three out of four employees that you have are going to be millennials. So I think this is a conversation worth having. We can't continue to just say millennials are entitled or millennials want all this stuff that employers can't and won't give. Instead, what I think we need to do is just have a conversation and a little bit of awareness about what each generation prioritized, what their needs were, and how that is shifting heading into future generations. And I'll share some examples of things that I hear and see from my peers that we're looking for in an employment force. So I want to first start with kind of my take on all this. And again, I am one millennial. I am not all millennials. I'm not speaking on behalf of all millennials because I know each individual has their own frame of reference, right? We were all raised different. We all grew up in different socioeconomic backgrounds and all that. So I'm just sharing my experience in hope of opening up a conversation and maybe encouraging you to have more conversations amongst people on your team in regards to these things. So first and foremost, I want to talk about what I what I see is a driving factor in the way that workplace cultures and the way that people lead is per generation, which actually ties back to one of my favorite topics, which is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
So if you aren't familiar with this, Maslow's hierarchy, I don't know, I'm having a hard time saying that word, hierarchy of needs is basically a pyramid. And at the base, it says we need to meet our psych our physiological needs. So that's air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing. Okay. Once we get that need met, we can climb this pyramid. And if all of our needs get met at the very, very top, we can become self-actualized, which is the desire to become the very best that we can be. But you can't really climb this pyramid until you meet the needs of each level. So if you kind of overlap this pyramid with the generations, I think you find similarities in work expectations, how we showed up at work, how we lead, how we want to be led, so on and so forth. So if you think about um, my grandparents, okay, so they are children of the Great Depression. They saw food being rationed. They saw and lived and worked through war. They were very focused on meeting physiological needs. We need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need, you know, we need those things. And we would like to have children to carry on safety because the previous generation had a hard time even, you know, having surviving childbirth and having children live during childbirth. So they were really focused on the basic physiological needs. But as my grandparents' generation met those needs, then came the baby boomers and they get to climb up the pyramid because my parents' physiological needs were met on the back of the hard work of my grandparents. Then my parents were able to climb up into safety needs where they were focused more on security, financial security, employment, having resources, having good health and maintaining property. So very status driven in this safety need section. And so this is how we see our baby boomers show up. They are hard workers. They are loyal to a fault and they prioritize their financial well-being because although their parents met their money need or met their food and safety needs, they did not meet their financial needs. They were, they, they, ingrained into them that if you get a job, keep it, do whatever boss man says. And so that is the mindset of a majority of baby boomers. And that worked for them. That helped them climb the corporate ladder. That gave them great financial stability. This is where we saw tenure and people, you know, working their way up the ranks where maybe college wasn't as important as loyalty was for that generation, so on and so forth. Now, what we also see is that generation as a leader expects people below them to be motivated in the same way. And so this is where I would hear some of my baby boomer leaders say things like they should just be happy they have a job or why are they fighting us on this? If they're not that happy, go somewhere else. Where else are they going to make this kind of money? And they say all these things based around money being a number one motivator, as well as this like concept of almost blindly following, even if you're putting in an enormous amount of time and energy just to chase the almighty dollar. I've also seen from baby boomers who have since retired, I got sucked into this like YouTube you know how how it goes. You start watching like one YouTube video, it goes to another, goes to another. And I ended up on this video of this baby boomer lady who retired and she was talking about how she dedicated her whole career. I think she was an accountant, something just kind of like mundane for her. Although I'm sure some people love accounting for her. It was just a, a means to pay the bills. So she did this work that she did not find energizing. She sacrificed an enormous amount of time with her family um, and friends just to be able to provide financially. It was a very stable, stable, stable is a big word they like. It was a stable, safe. Safety is a big thing, right? For this generation. It was a stable, safe job. And so she kept it forever. And then she wanted to pay for her kids' college, all of these wonderful things so that she could meet those safety needs of her children. 
Upon retirement, she was bored and decided she always had a passion for breastfeeding mothers. And she decided to go get certified to be a lactation consultant. And so she did that. And she started this whole separate business that she loved of going around and helping ladies figure out how to be successful as nursing parents. And she ended up making more money than she ever made as a CPA. But money aside, she was doing work that she loved in a flexible way. And her call to action in this this YouTube video was like, don't wait, guys. Don't wait. We had it wrong. We waited to, we waited to retirement to enjoy life, where life should be enjoyed along the way. And so as a millennial who saw my parents work really, really hard and was ingrained that hard work was important and loyalty was important and stick-to-itiveness, the amount of times my parents would say stick-to-itiveness is important, that's ingrained in me as a millennial. But I also have the privilege of that shift in seeing in my parents and seeing in this baby boomer generation, this shift of acknowledgement of, did I have my formula right? Did that time, energy, and results formula, results slash money, did that formula, did I use it the right way or did I do it wrong? And so during COVID, my father retired. One of the most dedicated men that you will know. He worked for the same group of guys for 30 plus years, followed them wherever they went, did whatever they said. And he went from being a truck driver to being a COO of a national trucking company. And during during COVID, like many people, he was forced into retirement and his entire career was summed up in like a two sentence email that just said, join me in congratulating Bill on his next steps. We thank you for your contribution to this company. Like very flat, very flat from somebody who has known him his entire adult life. And my dad forwarded that email to me and my brother and my sister with the response of, sorry, guys, sorry that I thought that this was the right thing to do, but this is how it ended. And now, you know, now my dad is older. He's a few years into retirement. He's got health issues, health concerns. And all I'm sitting here thinking is, could I follow in those footsteps and do do the dutiful thing and be loyal to a fault and put in all my time and energy into work. And at this point in my career, I was working an enormous amount of hours as a young parent, or is there a different way? Is there a different way where we can live a little bit today and get some money and work hard? And can we find a better, I don't even want to say balance, but a better blend for us individually than what our parents had. And this is my generation, the millennials climbing up the hierarchy of needs and moving from safety being a priority because our parents gracefully provided that for us to the love and belonging section. And so you hear a lot from millennials, which feels like entitlement to those who worked very, very hard to get where they are, where we want more time. We want more time flexibility. We want remote work. We want hybrid work. We want weekends off and nights off because we know that our parents sacrificed that time and not all of them got it upon retirement. I have friends whose parents passed away weeks after retirement, missing that time that they that they were chasing, right? If I put in the, the time now, I'll get the time at the end. And our generation isn't saying we don't want to work. That's not true. I love working. I mean, I started my own company. I work all the time. I think about work all the time, but I also want the flexibility to show up great for my kids and to spend time with my friends and go on girls trips. And I want that stuff. I want to love what I'm doing and I want to feel appreciated by those that I'm working with. I want to feel like I belong to an organization that I'm aligned with them. And so all of this falls within that hierarchy of needs of love and belonging. It's that the millennials who have 
been able to progress as their parents have provided this strong foundation for us. We crave friendship. We crave intimacy. We crave family. We crave a sense of connection and we value love and belonging. That's the category. So when it comes to a workplace, we don't need to overly like get into this whole love thing, but I want you to think about love in a work environment is the word appreciation. They want to feel appreciated. And I cannot begin to tell you as a millennial leader how often if I wrote a little note or I brought a little gift or I just got something for somebody's kid or just simply said, thank you for that. Thank you for the way you showed up on the call. Thank you for, you know, I overheard you with that customer and you did a phenomenal job. Thank you for representing our company so well. That was like gold to them because they want to feel appreciated. Now it's a whole other conversation. I actually think I have a podcast old podcast episode about how you can show appreciation at work and kind of utilizing the five love languages at work. So there, there's information there you can tap into, but I want you to acknowledge that millennials will be dedicated because they saw that they saw their parents work hard, but they don't want to do it without appreciation. They want loyalty to be reciprocated, appreciation to be reciprocated. And then when it comes to belonging, that craving for belonging is being part of a group and you know, obviously this podcast is geared towards home building and my experience is mostly in sales. And I can say that over the years, sales has gotten actually more competitive, more singular and more siloed as each individual has their own goals and almost at times feeling like competing with their peers when we have things like cross-sell and upsell. And I'm not, I'm not here to rewrite the, the sales book. I just want you to think about this for a second, that this type of environment was good for baby boomers who were like, hey, I put in the work. This is a me journey. I need money for my family. I need to provide for my family. And they're going for that safety need. But millennials are saying, I'd rather be in a team shop. I'd rather have a team goal. I'd rather not have to be competitive with my peer. Let's try to help support one another. Now, not everybody wants that. And that's why you have to think about what works best for your particular team. But I've been on teams where 10 out of 10 people would rather be in a, in a team cell. And I've been on teams where five of them want to be on a team cell and two of them really work best as individuals. And if we can create flexibility to accommodate to people and their different motivators, how much more are you going to get out of them? As a leader and now as a coach, I hear a lot of frustration over up systems, like an enormous amount of frustration over up systems. And it's so distracting from the cause of actually selling homes and serving customers. And again, I don't have the answer, but here's what I know about millennials. They are willing to sacrifice a little bit on pay to have a little bit better work-life balance. They are willing to feel like they're a part of a good at the sacrifice of their own individual efforts sometimes. And so I've even heard somebody recently say, we had a, we had a big kickoff for Q4 and we were doing a call with Thon and the person with the most calls got a $500 gift card. And they said, well, what we really all wanted was the Saturday off. And so are you motivating your people the right way? Now, I, I get it. There are some people on your team who'd be like, $500, sweet, let's go all day. And, you know, I was definitely that at points and times in my life and my career. But as I transitioned into parenthood and as I transitioned into, you know, wanting to be more present with my kids, I I would fight for that Saturday tooth and nail. You would get better performance out, out of me if it was a weekend day off versus a $500 gift card. So you need to know your people and you need to understand that millennials may think differently than you. They may be motivated different than you. 
Early in my career, I had to take a psychological test in order to get a promotion. And it's one of those questions where they ask you, you know, agree, disagree, strongly agree, strongly disagree, like just rate yourself. It's like, I don't know, 15 minutes of these type of questions. And at the end, one of the things that came out of it was my motivators. And this was very early in my career. So this is a trait of mine that I've had since almost like just a few years out of college. And it ranked my number one need is helping others. And my second need almost as high, but not quite as high was money motivation. And without fail, I do want to be paid well. I loved sales because it allowed me to be compensated for my effort. It was a great, in my mind, a great use of my um, exchange rate, right? I put more time and energy and I get more money out. That's the fun thing about sales if you do it right. But I did love, love, love helping people and still do. And that's why I do the work I do today with coaching. And so if my, my managers who knew that about me or took the time to get to know that about me, or if I shared it with them and they acknowledged it, they knew that in a one-on-one session with me, if they talked about my customers and the people I was serving or the people I was training under me that were new hires with the company, or when I was a leader, if they talked about how I was helping my team succeed, they were getting more out of me because they were speaking to my individual motivators. But the managers who talked to me and led me and managed me to their motivators of safety and money and title got disengagement from me. And so again, I'm not saying all millennials want to be managed the same way, but I do want this to be a reminder that if you're a leader or if you're an organization that is going to be shifting, you may want to start doing some research. You may really want to find out what are those driving motivators for your team members and how can we maybe rewrite job descriptions and be open to hybrid or flexible work schedules or reassess these team these teams versus ups in a way to motivate attract and retain these millennials into the workforce. And I'm telling you, we're not entitled. Entitlement is wanting something without without putting in the work. Entitlement is wanting a handout. We were provided for, which is a great thanks to our parents and grandparents and their hard work. So it's this acknowledgement that our safety needs are met where older generations maybe not were. So your striving for safety is is the exact same as our striving for love and belonging. And if anything, you should be so grateful that we have leveled up and we have evolved and we're going to continue to evolve. And the generations behind us, I mean, Lord bless, what are my kids going to want? You know, they're going to feel so loved and so smothered because I'm a smothered mother that they're going to move into that esteem or self-actualization bucket. And I want that for them, but it needs to come with an acknowledgement that my individual needs and motivators are not those of the generation before and after me. But if I'm going to be a strong leader, if I'm going to be a powerful organization, I need to acknowledge that each person needs something different. And millennials, do not be disrespectful to your boomers. Do not be your boomer bosses. Do not be disrespectful to the fact that they do prioritize title. I know many times I would get super frustrated. Like, why do they keep driving this home? Why do they keep driving this home? But when you do some perspective taking and you understand where they came from and how they were raised and how they grew up, it makes sense that they prioritize those things. But what we need to do is sit in each other's shoes. So as a millennial employee with majority of boomer bosses, one of the things, or even Gen Xers, one of the things I would do to be a good employee for them is I knew they valued the title. I knew they valued the hard work. I knew they valued the dedication. So I would highlight my dedication to the work that I would do it. I would highlight my input so that I could speak to their motivators so they could see my value to the organization. And when it came to time and flexibility and those things, I was very strategic about how I positioned needing that. 
not in a way that was like, I expect you to, or why we, we should all have this. It's like, Hey, I know that this isn't something we've done before, but here's the value in it and presenting it with a strong, compelling value proposition. But here's the end of the day. We need to, we need to make progress. We need to acknowledge that we're moving out of this loyalty to a fault without reciprocation to an organization. The next generation is not going to do that. They want to feel equally loved, appreciated, and loyalty in return. And so we see these companies doing these massive layoffs via Zoom calls and, you know, or just shutting off your computer. And that's how you find out like that does not feel like loyalty to your employee. It may be a necessary business practice, but there's got to be a better way. And when companies are doing that, but also expecting employees to just show up and work 60 hours a week for 40 hour a week pay, like that's just the definition of insanity. It's not not equal, right? It's not, it, you know, it's almost the opposite. It's almost like the companies are having this entitlement mentality. Like you just have to show up and do this without us contributing anything other than a paycheck. And it's just not how millennials are going to engage in the workforce moving forward. Um, also these jobs that require people to go to the office to do work, mostly on zoom calls is bananas. If you have staff that is going, and this is not just in home building. This is like, I hear this from so many of my friends because we got into this zoom call slack world. Um, people now are asked being asked to return to work, but they're sitting in cubicles on zoom calls. It's like, it's insanity. I can do this at home. It's not like I'm in an actual meeting with people. Like, let me go home and do this, or let me have hybrid flexibility because people are commuting and commute time. Even a 30 minute commute is five hours a week, five hours a week that they could be spending with their kids or on a hobby or going to the gym, going for a walk, taking care of their health. So this is the way that we're thinking now is this exchange rate of what could I be doing better with this time? And so I want to kind of wrap it up here with a little recap. So we talked about why we have these generational differences, and I think it's strongly based on the hierarchy of needs. And as we're climbing that level, we have different motivators. Um, I talked about what I see my generation seeking, which is love and belonging, which in the workplace translates to appreciation and alignment in values. And when I say alignment, that's like, hey, if this company says that they have this great big mission and I'm aligned to that, I'm on board. But I also want integrity in that. I want company who companies whose words and actions align with their mission statement. So it is almost like encouraging organizations to step it up and be more, have more integrity to the work that they're doing and communicating that with their teams. Um, we talked a little bit about some adjustments that need to be made to leadership styles and workplace cultures, which I really think is this asking your people what truly motivates them, finding opportunities to adapt to that. Hey, maybe this contest, we give $500 gift cards, but maybe the next one, we give a Saturday off and just see the response rate. And maybe half your team likes one, half your team likes others. So now you're speaking to more people's motivations, right? Um, maybe we go backwards and start testing team selling. I know it feels like backwards, but maybe backwards is forwards in this case. Maybe we go back to more collaboration um, between departments and stop working in silos and seeing if we can get better synergy by having people know what each other's doing and helping support those initiatives. Um, and then I want to stress what I think some of the unique skills of my generation are. 
I think we have, for the most part, a really strong foundation of seeing our parents work hard. Our fear is that our hard work is going to be at the sacrifice of time with our family and friends. And so maybe some of us are course correcting and saying we only want to work five, 10 hours a week. I think there's a middle ground here, but I think what we need to understand is that millennials with the thanks to technology and innovation and the power of synergy and their love of collaborating will find ways to work smarter, not harder. I know for me, the second I had a baby, I changed the entire way that I worked because Abby before kids could work 12 hour days, no problem, work her days off, work nights, work weekends, whatever. But once I had a kid, my time needed to get reallocated. So, and I still wanted to perform. I still wanted to work hard. So instead of taking work that normally took me 12 hours, I would implement systems, habits, technology, or partnerships with people to work smarter and make eight hour days a reality for me. And so if you can tap into this scrappy, innovative, um, hustle for a better exchange rate that millennials have, I think you're going to watch your companies become more efficient. I think you're going to see less people sitting and, you know, making work fill up the clock versus getting the work done to the benefit of them having a better work-life balance. So these are just, again, my millennial musings. I hope that you had some insightful takeaways. If anybody has anything they want to add or share with me, I would love to hear from you, abby at abbycornelius.com. But at the end of the day, I just want there to be acknowledgement that the workforce is changing. We might need to start poking holes in things and challenging the way that we've always done them to try to find a better way to attract and retain new talent moving into this next generational shift. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.